Well, good morning. I want to welcome you to the State of Charge podcast, a fun, whimsical, and inspirational podcast to help keep your spiritual batteries charged. I'm John Mann. I'm the host this morning, and typically we have Matt with us, but he is out on a trip uh, gallivanting the world, as he usually does, so he couldn't make it this morning. But nonetheless, we have Melody with us this morning as our guest, and so we're going to talk a little bit to her um, and see what makes Melody tick every single day. And so, Melody, welcome to the State of Charge podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How are you doing today? Doing good. Enjoying the rain. Yeah. We had this unusual morning with some rain here in Phoenix, which is wonderful. So it woke uh, woke me up this morning. It sounded like it may have woke you up as well. So yeah, it's unusual to have this much rain <laughs> in Arizona. So it was a nice uh, change. It is. It does make it a little bit muggy though, but I'm not going to complain. So, well, you know, as I was telling you before we started recording that this season in our podcast, we're talking to business owners and that uh, particularly have a faith-based background and how they use that in their businesses. And so you are one of the persons that came to my mind. And so just because you helped me out personally in the last year. And so thank you so much for that. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. But before we dive into you know, the work stuff, let's get to know you a little bit. And so tell us, tell us a little bit about Melody. What, what makes you get up every single morning? I, um, I truly enjoy being a physician. I have wanted to be a physician since I was five years old. So the fact that I am a business owner now and yeah. have my own practice is yeah. truly a dream come to fruition. That, so that's that is, awesome. that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So allow... Are you an Arizona native? Are you, tell us a little bit about your family. You know, what what has brought you this far? Yeah, so I'm first generation born here in the United States. My parents immigrated from Lebanon. Wow. um, And I love Arizona. I do not want to shovel snow. I can, you can cool off much faster in a dry heat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm married with two children who are off to college in just a month. They're twins. And uh, my husband is um, my sidekick. And we've been married for about 23 years now. That's great. So um, I remember when we first met... um, it was a it was a while ago, and I think your your children had just been born or right around that time, and now they're going to college. Yes. It's crazy. So twenty three years. Twenty three years. So Darby and I just celebrated our twenty fourth this week. So congratulations on that. That's a big same, accomplishment. Same to you. It's, yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's easy. I it's should e- say it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's so at least for me, it's been easier more than it's been hard. But yeah, there are definitely those uh, times you have to work at it, right? Yep. Yep. So, all right. So you had mentioned that you love being a physician and, um, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? And maybe your area of practice, some of those kinds of things uh, that you are, that you specialize in. Yeah. So I'm actually, um, a DO or a doctor of osteopathic medicine. I chose that route after junior high when I followed around another physician and Mm. I just watched her and noticed that she incorporated a lot more into her practice with 
praying with her patients. She was actually a Christian physician. Oh, wow. Uh, she wanted to know about their job, wanted to know about their life. She, she, and I just exuded, and she always laid her hands on her patients and, mm. you know, with examining them and everything. And I, and I asked her, I said, you have different initials behind your name. What does it mean? Yeah. And she uh, told me. And um, so a doctor of osteopathic medicine actually goes through the same four years of schooling as a medical doctor, an MD. We use the same books. Uh, you could mm. walk into a medical school at the same day, and they might be in the same books and chapters. We just have extra hours in the musculoskeletal system and incorporating whole systems like mind, body, what your job is, what your food intake. We kind of are more holistic and incorporate Eastern and Western medicine. Okay. So so when you walk up to a doctor's office and you see somebody's name and it says MD, and then you see another person's name and it says DO credentially they're pretty much the same it's just more of a philosophy on how practice is done is that an accurate statement it's a correct statement so we can do surgery we can deliver babies let you do the same you do similar residencies like for myself because i did my uh residency here in the in arizona there weren't as many do residencies so i actually did an md residency but a do school so okay yeah all right and what's your primary area of practice and and what do you enjoy working on with your patients the most? So my first board certification was in internal medicine. I love adults because I can empower them. (laughs) Uh, Children, you know, you have to go through the parents. So I wanted to be an adult physician so that I could empower my patients to take you know, control of their health. And then I went on and did a wound care certification, hyperbaric oxygen treatments, wow. um, medical aesthetics. And then uh, most recently, well, I guess it's going to be 10 years, I did, um, I, I'm board certified in obesity or weight loss medicine now. So wow. I really enjoy empowering people to optimize their health. Sure, sure. And what was the experience of medical school like? Sometimes you hear horror stories, like, did you enjoy it? Like, was it was it super, super, I'm sure it was super hard, but you know, my, my son is getting ready to go into medical school. So I'm kind of like, my ears are, are perked here a little bit. So tell us what that experience was like. Oh, and I have to say, I'm so excited for your son. I want to pour into him. Oh. Um, you know, Tony and I got married a month before I started medical school. Oh, my so goodness. talk about, you know, I have lots of memories and yeah. it was I would never change it. It was incredible. It was incredibly hard, mm. but I'm still friends with my, I mean, I can, the, my classmates, we yeah. sat in the same seats and it took, um, I learned that I could get by with little sleep <laughs> and, uh, and really push my brain to memorize. I can come up with some of the songs I made up on how to memorize oh, things. No, that's great. Um, but I really enjoyed learning. And um, your last two years of medical school, you you get to do these different rotations um, and follow different uh, specialties mm-hmm. to then kind of see what residency program or what kind of doctor you want to be. And so I really enjoyed seeing all of those facets. And I think that's why I enjoy internal medicine because I understood some of those specialties. I just didn't want to be stuck in one of them. I wanted okay. to kind of do the general internal medicine at first. Yeah. Nice. And so I want to kind of just walk this journey with you here a little bit just to help our viewers out. So you, you get married, you go to medical school and that was a huge accomplishment and I'm sure just a huge goal in your life. And so Going into the profession, you're now a professional doctor ready to dive off this cliff here. What does that look like for somebody? 
you know, I would say I wish that they did more business training in medical school and residency. Oh. So I think we learn how to be incredible physicians, uh-huh. and then we are let loose to go start a job, and it's a little scary. We don't even understand that you know we're getting a paycheck and uh, you know trying to figure things out. But um, I was blessed. I feel blessed that my husband wasn't a physician because mm. I think it made me more well-rounded. I enjoyed that we didn't weren't in the same profession. Yeah. Um, I decided to have our kids during residency, so we threw that into the loop, and that was craziness in itself. Life still has to go on. It right? does. <laughs> it does. But I it it gave me empathy. Um, mm. I knew sympathy, but yeah. I really learned empathy through that. So I would never change that. And I made the best decision by being a part-time physician my first year Mm. um, out of residency so that I could be with my kids. Mm. I think a lot of women don't go into medicine worried that they have to choose having kids and and, or not having kids, Mm -hmm. but we can do it all. Um, And so... I did. I chose to, to work three days a week at first, and I loved it. So it gave me time with my family. It gave me time to still do my passion and really get my feet wet and figuring out what does it look like to be in the real workplace. Yeah, yeah. And so are you, at that point, are you on staff somewhere? Are you starting to want to do your own thing like how does it work when you're coming right out so it just depends on i chose to be employed i was an employed physician in a a private practice i joined a single solo practitioner Mm -hmm. that was he his office was not solo uh hospital-based. You'll hear a lot about that in the day. In, in today's world, hospitals like to own uh, medical practices. Um, and that so that was my, actually my second practice. It was owned by a hospital, a large hospital. And so I learned the difference between private practice and uh, you owning the practice versus the hospital owning it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would say for all my experiences, I'm grateful for them. My third practice was I went back to a, almost a group practice that was owned by the the original founders, and got to learn a little bit more about about that. It, all of those steps have led me to then wanting to. I kept in my the back of my mind going, I want to do this differently. I want my own practice. So I would, but I would never change my the journey that I've been on. That's great. Yeah, you you have to learn from your experiences, right? Um, and so, absolutely, one builds on to the next chapter, and so. It's great not having any regrets as you go through those kinds of things. Um, so now you have your own practice. So you're, you're moving from, you know, an employee, so to speak, into now being the owner of a practice. Um, what does that look like? Because that's it. I mean, that's got to be some pretty scary moments in it, right? Oh, taking that big leap, knowing that I I wouldn't get paid for a while. That's yeah. that's pretty scary. And that was right as Tony <laughs> was retiring as well, too. So like, I mean, there's like this big change in life happening, right? Oh, definitely. And not only that, but we decided to open. My grand opening was about two weeks before the pandemic. And, you know, and the the closing and knowing what to do i just i mm. thought to myself is am i going to be able to you know keep my doors open through this but i'll wow. say god is good because yeah. it's a year and a half into this and we're doing great and but 
Um, yes. Yeah, I'm so glad of my faith. <laughs> and I, I literally, <laughs> I'm glad that my husband was retired um, and that I had been on the journey I'd been on because I felt very prepared. So despite not knowing the waters ahead, yeah, we knew that we were sailing and we weren't going to turn back. We were just going to find our, the course. If the course had to keep changing, that's okay. We were going to keep sailing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you're talking, I'm thinking of some things here in my mind, you know, you, you are a, a, a wife to an, an amazing guy. I love Tony. You are the mom to amazing children. You're uh, the physician to hopefully amazing patients. <laughs> I think they're amazing. And, uh, you know, you went through medical school, you had children during residency, you were married, uh, when you were going, um, through all of that. So, and you had mentioned that you learned to live without some sleep sometimes, you know, sleep is overrated. <laughs> so there have been times I'm sure when you have felt completely depleted, a lack of energy, not only emotionally, but physically maybe, and, and certainly spiritually at times in your life. So what are some things that Melody does to keep herself mentally, spiritually, and physically charged? Those are, that's a, those are great questions. I'm blessed that I had a faith starting very young and knowing that that was important to be in the Word, Mm. uh, to have mentors. I can tell you specific mentors and the words that they have spoken and how that has helped me through my life. Mm. Um, And because of my background and because of my, my underlying desire of having health, I have continued that I would say so nutrition we go you know mm-hmm. we talk all the time about nutrition that was has been always important to me mm-hmm. um, sleep so if I didn't get sleep one night I tried to really hard get sleep another night um, having twins during residency was <laughs> that was hilarious trying to find time to sleep but I can't even imagine I have so many pictures of me with my scrubs with the kids taking naps and I'm in my scrubs knocked out with them it's, it's hilarious that's um, so funny uh, and so I would say having mentors, having a faith, um, good self-care. I think in the past year, people really understand the word self-care. Mm. And that includes, um, you know, your nutrition, your sleep, your hydration. Um, it could be, you know, uh, what supplements are you taking to even just help your body out when your nutrition isn't up to par. Mm. So I think those things have just always built upon that. but. The biggest thing is I don't think I'd be where I'm at without the faith that I have because mm. it's, it would have been too easy to give up. Instead, uh, we, you know, earlier you had asked me about some verses, and I'd say two that have caught, continued through my life is be still and know that I am God. Mm. I've learned to be still. That mm. was, you know, I learned about prayer and prayer time. But if you flip it into meditation time, you're listening. So yeah. if you're still and, and and listening, you'll hear a little bit different things than when you're just praying and praying and praying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and the listening, uh, I think, is the key. I think really a lot is. of times we pray mm-hmm. and we're sending out a message, right? But it's that listening and and trying to hear what he's going to say. Listening is much harder. <laughs> Being still and listening, I would definitely agree because I can talk a lot. Uh-huh. So the prayer part is easy. <laughs> um, and uh, the other is never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I, I was just talking to my daughter Ashley about this last night. Tony has mm. them engraved into our wedding rings. Mm. Um, but I, but that's because it's something that was important to us as a couple, as well as knowing our faith. Mm-hmm. And so through this journey, 
just whenever it was hard, whenever things were going up and down and I didn't know which way, I those two verses really helped me go, okay, he has a plan for me. Mm. Um, and I truly believe that because I have that passion to help people in their lives. That's a gift I've been given. Mm. And so I know that even though it's going to be hard, there is another door that will be open or another path to take. Just mm. hold tight and the way will be made known. That's great. Those are great words of uh, encouragement and just things for us to re- remember. Um, yes, our Lord is never going to forsake us. And and if we do give him the opportunity to speak to us, well, he, he does speak to us. We just need to take the opportunity to hear him, right? To listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, for those people that are listening and might be on, um, oh, let's let's take a couple avenues here. Let's say somebody who has say neglected their health for a little while and they realize it and they're on that verge of, Hey, I need to make a decision in my life to make some course adjustments, some changes in my health. Um, what would you say to that person? I would say you can do it. You can always change the course of your health and you need to find a physician that is not just checking the boxes off because Mm -hmm. Insurance-based medicine just wants to make sure that you're kind of alive. They Mm. don't really care how well your Your life life. is. Mm. And so when I I get excited when someone comes in and is and tells me I don't want the diabetes that my mom or dad has, or Mm. I don't want. I'm scared. You know, people had heart attacks in their lives, uh, or you know, with their grandparents, or. And I said, yes, let's let's dig into this. Let's see what things that we can do right now so that you don't have the diseases or the problems that you see in your parents or your grandparents or your siblings. Yeah. Um, you can take hold of how your genes are expressed. And so that is my favorite when someone comes and is like, I'm ready to take charge of my health. Sure, that is awesome. And I speak firsthand to not being a checkbox on the list. So, So thank you. You know, when, when I've come in to see you, um, you really do take that needed time. And I am, I'm not just another schedule on the day. I am a person that you interact with. So thank you so, so much for that. So, um, so what I hear you say there is, is take that step. It's not too late. You have control of your, of your health and you can make some changes there. Um, obviously get some professional help with it right so that'd be so then the next avenue maybe to go down here is uh somebody who has this dream this desire to take a step maybe to start their own business maybe they're an employee somewhere or they have this idea or the this mind of service that they want to do um what kind of advice would you give to somebody having just come out of that for the last year and a half launching a new medical practice in the middle of the world, our world's largest pandemic. And there's been others in the past that, that have rivaled that, but, um, it's working out. What would you say to somebody like that? I would say have the faith and take those steps and build a team around you that will help you because like for me, I know how to be a physician. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be a great business um, business owner or business person. Um, and so I literally went through three coaches, business coaches, until I found the right one. Wow. So I would say find an incredible business coach. Um, and, you know, that'll be another story how that came about. But I love my business coach. And it was very easy to fire the first two to three that I tried out <laughs> because... 
their vision wasn't my vision and they mm. kept trying they kept trying to mold mine into theirs to get me to point from point a to point b yeah and so with my current uh, business coach i can say shout out to kevin he, I didn't even know he was faith based. Okay, but the the how we came about is just a God story, um, and I love it because I thought in a, once I opened my doors, you know, I wouldn't need them anymore. Mm. But I've continued with it, and it's just shown because every step of of this journey, I mm-hmm. needed a business coach to help me through this. Because again, why would I think that I didn't need yeah, it anymore? Yeah, I, yeah. I've never done, I've never owned my practice, right? But our financial team, um, our, uh, uh, I have a great healthcare company that is showing me, you know, the ways as well. So I think building a team mm. of people who see your vision and are ready to take you through the steps to fruition is is key. If I would have just opened the doors and said, I'll figure it out on my own, I think I would, my doors would have shut um, very quickly. So that is my best advice is surrounding um, myself with a team of experts. They're experts Mm. in their field. um, And I'm an expert in my field. And together we've, we've been able to grow an incredible practice. So that's definitely an investment into the business. And so there's some expense involved in there, but it also is an investment into yourself too, because you've, Like, um, I don't know if something comes off the top of your head, but his name is Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what is one thing you think that you took away with a meeting with Kevin or an experience with Kevin that he guided you through that stands in, stands out in your mind? The first one is that, uh, I'm not a failure. I think being, a. a Type A OCD when it comes to something. I think that makes a good physician at times. <laughs> but oh, good. Gabe's gonna be, Gabe will be good, great then. <laughs> I had left one of my favorite practices, and for a long time, I felt like a failure by leaving that practice mm. um, because I thought that I was leaving my patients behind, and how could I do this? But I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you learned so much from that. It's not a, fa- it's a failure for you to continue to, to kind of mm. have those. You need to let it empower you to know that you made changes and, and what was God trying to teach you through that? You know, and that has been a complete, it opened my eyes. I've never had another feeling of that was a failure for leaving that practice. It's never come to my mind again. Mm. Um, and, so there are little things like that of of um, that he has continued to speak into to know that every step of the way I I can either choose to learn from it mm-hmm. or let it block me and hinder me. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I really have appreciated is kind of that twenty thousand foot view. You know. Um, and yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're not in the trenches, but they can. You know. They're they're flying overhead and kind of guiding. Right. Yeah. Um. That that's fantastic. Um. There was. One other thing that I wanted to kind of touch base with you a little bit, you said it earlier, and I don't think a whole lot of people, maybe, I don't know, it took me a while to learn the difference between empathy and sympathy, all right? And I think that, that people think that there's they're synonymous, and they're not. They're, they're completely different. So I think that there's a lesson there that we can learn as business owners um, because every single thing that we do in business, it's to serve somebody else. You don't have a business if you don't have a service or a product that's going to maybe help somebody's life better. That's the premise around business is to serve others. And empathy comes 
strong is a strong component of that. So tell me what you mean by you learned a lot about what empathy is versus sympathy. So I think I'm a very caring person. So I knew sympathy. Someone had a bad day. I could sit with them, you know, they were going through something. I, I had a passionate heart. During uh, my pregnancy, I had medical complications a mm. few times and was even hospitalized the last month of, of um, their, I was on bed rest. And then after they were born, and I just remember this, I always mm. said, just make sure the kids are okay. Make sure the kid, you know, the babies are okay. And I continued to have a couple complications. And that taught me, I think that's where I started to learn empathy because I had gone through, I was the patient. Mm-hmm. I was the pa- mm. and That was so, that was scary. And the way that the physicians treated me um, taught me, like I could tell, I, I feel like I started to learn empathy through that, those experiences. And so that I can further understand when my patients go through something that, yes, I can be sympathetic, but I truly understand this being um, a patient, hmm. what it feels like to be scared and to not be in control when you go from being completely healthy to now you're lying in a bed and hmm. your husband is shaving your legs because you can't see hmm. your legs with your belly being so big, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and just having other people do things for me was very hard. Hmm. Um, and that's why I won't, I wouldn't change those, uh, for yeah. the world. And my son actually, was sick, um, went around five or six years old. And so kind of learning to uh, navigate through those waters and team up with, it was important to find physicians that were like-minded. I Mm. learned that part uh, that you can bring, if you don't find somebody that can't have a conversation with you and look up things that you're researching too, I think all of those life lessons have really brought me to where I'm at now. And so I can say I know what empathy is like by being just, I would say, first a patient yeah. um, and then a mom. You know, it's it's definitely different. There's a difference between sympathy and empathy. And, yeah. and I think it's really important to have a not only friends that understand that, but I, I'm going to bring it down to me of a physician that knows that the differences. Yeah. Bringing it down to that one-on-one level experience is is really really huge um, in any aspect of life. But I can imagine that being a physician, having that level of um, empathy with with the people that come into your office is super super helpful, and they feel that as well. You know, I think sympathy is nice, but I think some sometimes it can come across as um, disingenuine. Whereas the empathy really says, this person really is relating to the situations that I'm at. Yeah. So, re- you really sit with, with the person. You, yep. It takes on a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we are getting kind of close to uh, the end here. So what I would like to ask you, is there any last bit of wisdom or encouragement or anything that's on your heart uh, that you would like to share to anybody that might hear it? I think, um, as a business owner, I'm incredibly proud of the staff that we have. Mm. And I would really encourage everyone to build a staff who's like-minded because you want them to be as 
caring to whatever service you're providing. For me, it's my patients. I want them to fully appreciate my mission of uh, serving others in their health. And so if they didn't, uh, if they can't see that vision, I don't want them part of my team. And so I think that's really incredible that I've been able to bring on people with the same vision who want to team up with me to be good healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, I'm so excited. We were talking a little earlier. Uh, My husband and I have done something called Global Leadership Summit for over 10 years now. It's an incredible incredible two-day event and this year we're getting to take my staff and that's because I want them to understand that even though they might not be the owner of the practice they own their part and being a leader can be someone you don't have to be the CEO of a business to be a leader you're a leader in your life whether it's at home and everything else so I'm excited to take my staff to that because I want them to fully appreciate what we've built as well in this practice and that they do have a piece of it. Yeah, you mentioned that you're shutting down business for two days to take your staff to Global Leadership Summit, and that's got to be a little bit nerve-wracking, right? Oh, yes, it's very nerve-wracking to think about that, but I have to believe that this is gonna. This is pouring into my staff, which yeah. then grows my staff, which then their belief, their yeah. leadership skills, and that's going to further grow my business. It's going to be really neat to see how that other side, how a two-day investment into their, um, you know, leadership development, uh, how that's going to pay forward far more than being open for those two days would have been. You know, so there's some sacrifices to be made to get on the other side and and have it be better than if it were a normal circumstance, right? For sure. For sure. We see that with our health every day, right? It's better (laughs) to sacrifice now on some things so that later down the road it's better off. It's so true. (laughs) Getting people to to buy into that sometimes is instead of doing disease medicine, doing preventative medicine. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, Melody, it's been so great having you with us today Um, and uh, looking forward to seeing the next year and a half of your practice and being one of your patients there. It's it's a privilege. It's an honor. So thank you. And um, just thanks for being here today with us. I thank you for this. And honestly, I thank you for even trusting me to help you through your health. So thank you on on both. And you actually help us with our website. So (laughs) we've got an incredible website. Thanks to... Uh, John, so it's it's a yeah. lot of fun working with you. If you would like to check out the website, it's activated.health. So make a note of that. It's .health, not .com. So activated.health, and you'll get an idea of all the things that Melody and her wonderful staff are doing. And so with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. As you know, this series uh, season is all about talking to faith-based uh, business owners and some of the things that they're doing to keep their spiritual batteries charged. So Melody, thanks for the lessons that we learned today. And for those of you that uh, join us on a regular basis, thank you. Share the podcast out, and we will talk to you all next week.